Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. So, what's your measuring stick? What's your metric? How do you how how do you measure how your life is going? It's a real curious thing. I, the, the the ten years we've been doing the show, we've been interviewing just every flavor of persona, talking about the potential of the of our our human demeanor, our human archetype, if you will. How do you how do you how do you measure if you're on track, if you're living your potential? Now, I suggest we have to be a little bit careful here because in the Western world, we're going to put um, traditional measuring sticks like your job or your income or your the accolades after your name. But I want to I want to look at it from a different point of view, from perhaps a perspective of your soul. What I really like about tonight's episode. The Spark, Igniting Your Best Life, and our guest tonight is Stephanie James, we're going to bring her on in just a minute, is is to really um, kind of dig a little deeper in, in the perception of who we are. Dig a little deeper in the sense of what our life could be. And again, I want to be careful with the measuring stick because... It's not like a run-on-the-treadmill kind of measurement. It's not like nose-to-the-grindstone kind of measurement, which our egos can really kind of drop into because they feel confident with that that quantifiable um, measurement. But if we take a, a big step back and look at our lives from the perspective of our soul... And for me, I, I didn't, I didn't have the perception of of the notion of what my soul had in mind for my life for several decades, actually. And and when I got proverbially cracked open by the cosmic two by four, and I I had to reevaluate, <laughs> really reevaluate every aspect of this this idea of who I am, I suggest that it's inherent in the nature of consciousness to be an ever-evolving story, perhaps a never-ending story of, of who we are. The, the pliability of us as consciousness is without end. The 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 ability to be inspired to take a new uh, new tangent a new vector a new possibility doesn't ever diminish in our life our soul is an ageless timeless persona of ourselves and when we really use our soul perhaps as that that metric that that measuring stick how much of my 
day in and day out choices are available to be influenced, to be inspired, to be guided from my soul. And I I suggest for many, many people on this planet is a very small number. In other words, they might get inspired. They might they might recognize inspiration from their soul maybe once per twice a month or several months. And then on the flip side, your soul can be walking in step with you. Your soul can be present in in the moment. And we to teach our ego the value, to teach our ego the the joy it will feel to stand down, to step aside, so to speak. It's like pulling the steering wheel off the car and handing it up to your soul. Those can get really tired trying to figure it out, trying to manage, pull all the levers and turn all the knobs, trying to navigate how we go through life. And yet, with our soul omnipresent as as an aspect of us. I just suggest, I was thinking before the show that 2020 has isolated us a lot, and, and through that isolation, we can kind of fall into our own cocoon, our own little bubble, if you will. And I just felt inspired to talk about the notion of not collapsing your sense of self, but but expanding your sense of self without end. And with that in mind, I think we should get to our episode. I'm looking forward to this. Again, the topic tonight is The Spark, Igniting Your Best Life. That's the title of our guest tonight, Stephanie James' book. The Spark is compelling and inspiring guidance from Stephanie, who has drawn on her skills and vast experience as a psychotherapist. She shares current research techniques that help readers gain clarity and understanding to help them easily assimilate and integrate them into their own lives. She brings 30 years of real-world experience, empowerment, and grit to her clients' and audiences. A graduate of the University of Denver, she shares her training and gifts in inspirational presentations and in her dynamic radio show and podcast, The Spark with Stephanie James. She utilizes expertise, experience, and amazing interviews with today's luminaries to bring the spark to your life. She recently is involved with co-producing a movie with Doug Beachwood. They just finished a film called When Sparks Ignite, which should be out soon. Join me in welcoming Stephanie to the show. Stephanie, welcome to the show tonight. Thank you so much, Les. I'm happy to be here with you. The Spark, Igniting Your Best Life. How do you how do you uh, how do you perceive uh, the, the notion of your best life? I mean, what does that mean as as you chose it for your title? 
Yeah. You know, I, I think our best life doesn't have a generic definition because I think it's, it's defined by each one of us and it's not to be compared. So my best life would not necessarily be yours or anyone else's. So I think, you know, it's igniting what would be our best life, which to me is really tuning into our essence, to our soul, finding whatever it is that's our divine purpose, what's our passion in this world. And as we heal, and, you know, because we've all gone through this life and no one, no one gets out of here unscathed, but then I think, you know, as, as we continue to heal, then we become a clearer conduit to not only ignite our own lives, but then to help in the healing of others as well. Well, the, the, the perspective that you have of, um, as a psychotherapist to, to watch the transformation of the individual over and over and over again, I mean, and, and then I, to turn around and write a book from the insights gathered by that, how, how did that feel to be involved in so many people's lives at such a uh, through a such a transformational process. Mm-hmm. You know, Les, I've always felt like it is one of my deepest honors, truly, to be witness to people's healing. You know, and I, I've just been able, through my thirty-year career and working with people from all walks of life, from you know adolescent psych to individuals with serious mental illness to geriatric individuals and with couples and, you know, adults, just being able to see all different walks of life. And it really is profound and at times just awe-inspiring to really be witness to people as they do their healing journey. And so to be able to share some of those insights, you know, some of the insights are from my guests. Some of them are from my own life experience. Some are from my clients. And some of them have been, you know, the research that I've read. And, you know, to be able to write that down and, and to feel like I'm able to share that, I mean, it just brought me so much joy. And when someone, you know, comes to me and said, oh, this part of your book touched me and now I'm using this in my life, like that is, that to me is, is one of the greatest joys I'm experiencing right now. Oh, I bet. And I, I, I think I'd add to that. There's a, a sacredness of holding space for transformation for people, you know, mm-hmm. to, to witness that. Yeah. Yeah, that's really well, it, right? I mean, as, as a psychotherapist and as a transformational life coach, those are the things that I do on a daily basis. So it is. It's it's a sacred journey for my clients and for myself as well. Exactly that, Les. It's a person that's holding space for that healing. Yeah, and and you mentioned the joy that comes from that, the 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 wake of of that process is the feeling of joy as you honor your life purpose. Um. 
that in and of itself, for you to show up as your life purpose personified is is a personal sacredness within yourself, and then to hold the space mm-hmm. for another to fulfill that as service to others. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine there's been some pretty powerful moments in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I think one of the most transformative for me is you know, as a trauma specialist, I've seen people come in that were barely able to function in their life and then to, I use a certain form of uh, trauma, a trauma protocol therapy called EMDR and it's, it's 10 to 12 sessions. So a lot of times in 10 to 12 weeks, you watch someone go from barely able to function to fully thriving again in their lives and sometimes thriving in a way they weren't able to before that. And yeah, I mean, there is, there is nothing like witnessing that it's someone going beyond surviving the situation to truly thriving in their life. It's yeah. I mean, it's thrilling. It's, and it is my calling. It is my deep work um, and purpose in this world for sure. Well, the, so often when people are are loaded up with uh, sorrow and grief and struggle, as, as you know, um, to break through that and come into a, a, a kind of coming out of the weeds, coming out of the storm and, and finding their footing uh, metaphorically in their life, perhaps for the first time. Uh, it seems to me that when people transcend a lifelong struggle with perhaps addiction or whatever, and they and they break past it, the the new arena, the new dynamic of their life can feel so wonderful. But I I think there's another um, conundrum we can <clears throat> fall into. Excuse me, that is more mundane where it's not an addiction it's not a, mm-hmm. a kind of an in your face struggle but it's more of a melancholy a, a, an indifference um, perhaps a surrender that our life is the way it is because it's so mm-hmm. easy for us to get into habits and patterns and what I like about your book is is the the scope, the breadth, how how broad the approach is to look at igniting your best life. How do how do we recognize the um, the obvious to others, so to speak? If if we're if we're stuck in the mundane, in other words, we we've overcome our addiction and and we've we found our footing there's always a, 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 another chapter, another opportunity for our life to transform. How do, how do we know mm-hmm. that we haven't kind of um, settled for a, a mundane life where perhaps our soul has other ideas for the chapters that are following us? 
Yeah, that's such a great question because I do find that, that that's really true and, and that a lot of people, it's like they, they stop at survival, right? So they, like you said, they made it out of the crisis or they made it out of the addiction and then they think that's all there is. And hopefully for all of us, you know, as long as we have breath in our bodies, we're growing and evolving and learning. And yet there are so many of us, so many people um, that, as you said, it's like settle and, and live truly like a life without sparks, live a life of, as you said, as you called it, the mundane. And I think first the, the way that we identify that is, is by really taking an inventory within. And when we don't feel fully alive, we don't feel lit up, we don't feel joy. You know, um, one of my meditation teachers says, you know, one of the things that he has talked about so often is that joy is our natural state of being. So if you're not in joy, then something's blocking that. There's something even if it's a subtle joy, you know, when, when we're calm, when we're peaceful, there can be just a subtle rising of joy. Um, so if, if instead what we're noticing is that we're feeling anxious or we're constantly feeling like we have to distract ourselves in order to just not feel a level of angst or sadness or anxiety, I think those would be the keys, you know, like I am, I am not living that kind of lit up life and there's so much more for me. You know, I've had clients say to me, well, when do we arrive? When do we ever arrive? And I'm like, well, you know, uh, that's as long as we're alive, we're still, we're still on the journey. So th- there's not a point of arrival. Um, it's, it's continuing to say, what can I do to help unearth or excavate this light that is inside of me? How can I continue to move towards healing so that I'm allowing that light that is me to emanate and be more present in the world? I like that. I like that. To me, the notion of joy is when our our heart and our soul and ego are walking in step with each other. Mm-hmm. For example, when when my heart and soul told me to write my first book, my ego was like, what the hell are you talking about? What kind of nonsense is that? Who am I to say diddly squat? And had my ego had the... the had that been the final word, I wouldn't know what it felt like to, uh, you know, it, uh, to feel the joy of just taking the step. Mm-hmm. I like how you said your client was saying, how do we know we've arrived? It's kind of that finish line mentality. I'm working mm-hmm. towards an end. I'm working towards, uh, you know, the notion of graduation or promotion or whatever. But to me, it seems like the, the celebration should be in every step of the journey to feel joy and happiness today. If you want to end up mm-hmm. enjoying your life, how how much did you enjoy today? 
I love the notion of joy and and laughter and and mm. as a as a reflection of how much you're you're in harmony with your soul, so to speak, if that makes sense. Yes, yeah. And I love that too. It's like that we don't have to work towards joy, that we actually are it. Right. <laughs> you know, we are the joy. So it's opening up to that, allowing those things to be in alignment. As you said, it's like our heart, our spirit, our ego. And, you know, that's one of the things that my meditation teacher said as well, is that when we're not feeling joy, check out where your ego is. If your ego is doing kind of, it sounds like less what yours did, if it's diminishing you or, you know, somehow saying, oh, you're not good enough, why are you doing that? Or if your ego is out of alignment, trying to puff you up in some way, um, you know, it's, I think it's important to get back to, okay, what's, what's this feel like in alignment when this is all together and the joy is just able to flow through? Right, very nice. Well, the notion of the title of your book, The Spark, to me it, it has that, that inkling of, of inspiration, that spark, that, that mm-hmm. new possibility in the moment, that new, I mean, to kind of tune into that and, and be more aware of, of the opportunity of a spark as we go through our day. Mm-hmm. What, how did you how did you come up with the notion of the spark and and how would you describe it as an experience yeah so what's interesting is that actually um the spark came to me in the middle of a dream uh i would say i call them downloads in the middle of the night uh, i had just started doing all the prep work for my radio show, uh, this is three years ago, I was doing training at the local station here, and I, I was trying to think of, well, what should we call it? And the producer I was working with, we didn't have a name, and so in the middle of the night, it came to me like a spark of inspiration, um, and right. I could just see it. I could see it was like, like as you light a candle, and that wick just sparks, and it bursts into flame. And so, you know, what really started coming to me is this whole thing of, Number one, you know, our our essence is that spark. So that it's always available to us. It is us. And it's one of those things that sometimes feels like it's covered up with life or circumstances. And yet it's always there waiting. Nothing can put it out. You know, I think it, it may have been the Sufis that said, you know, fire can't burn it. Water can't drown it out. The wind can't blow it out. It's always this internal flame within us. So, I feel like, too, exactly, you know, as to ignite the spark in us means to do that work of excavating whatever's in the way of being that clear channel to allow our purpose, our passion, that energy, that joy that is us to flow through. And so that's that's how that began, and that's how Spark really became my brand, because I feel like I live that. I feel like... Um, I live that excitement, that joy, that purpose, and continue to do, you know, the daily work uh, myself to help keep that, cl- uh, that channel as clear as possible. 
Nice. I like that. Well, you know, if you look at the human dynamic, there's so many flavors of impediments or resistance to life. And some of them are obvious. Um, the homeless guy panhandling at the corner trying to get through the moment. Some, they, um, so sometimes they're so destitute that they're shaking and they're they're out of sorts. And if the bus backfires as it drives by, they're turned on their head. If they catch a cold tonight, they'll mm-hmm. pass away. As one end of the spectrum. And then the other end of the spectrum is this passionate capitulation of of expression, of, of creativity that seems like it's a wildfire within a persona. Now, in your practice over the, the many years, I can imagine um, some people come in and it's quite obvious what their conundrum is, and then others... Um, it's not so obvious. How do we how do we know if if we're even in the ballpark of, of our potential? I mean, how do we how do we tell that um, whether we're honoring ourselves or not as far as what our life could be? How do you how do you measure that or quantify it? Yeah, that's such a great question. Again, I think that it really takes some inner dialogue, some inner exploration to feel how in line you are with your soul. You know, I I think that there are some beautiful exercises that people can do to really find out if they're living their purpose, like if they are in alignment with that. And again, I think that we're able to tell that less by the joy that we're experiencing in our life, by the fullness we're experiencing in our everyday. So I I do think that it's one of those things that no one can say to us, hey, you're not living your purpose. It's something that we have to define for ourselves. And so I think that it is, you know, and and when you bring up the homeless, you know, people or that gentleman, I, I feel like, you know, we're each on a journey, so I can't dictate for anyone else what their journey should be or what their purpose should be. That human being might be living their purpose. It's not for me to dictate. I think what's important is that we really do that work within, and part of that is, about, is around getting quiet and getting silent so we can hear that inner voice, that guidance that says, you know, either, either we can feel inside of us like, yes, I am lit up, and this is something that gives me purpose in my life. This is something that as I do this, I feel like I'm in flow. There's a timelessness when I do it. Those kind of little markers can tell us, wow, I really am living in my purpose. Uh, and so I think, I think it's important to see, am I, am I experiencing limiting beliefs? Am I, am I holding myself back? Do I have these dreams that I feel like, wow, I've just never reached out and gone for it? Is there a longingness inside of me? I mean, those are all important pieces to take inventory of. And if there are pieces that are missing, I think that's, that's the important piece. You know, so often we, we hear from someone, you know, I can remember all the way back in elementary school, and Mrs. Hogan told me, 
that I didn't do my tree right and I didn't do it the color that she wanted. I didn't draw it the way she wanted. And I determined, this is probably in third or fourth grade, that I wasn't an artist. Right. And it took me years and years to where I started saying, I am an artist. Even if my stuff isn't hung in a gallery, I love to paint. I love to create. And so that's going to be a part of who I am. That's what I am going to identify with. And again, it's that piece of not letting other people identify us or define us. You know, it's really pulling that up within us. So sometimes that does take some investigation. It takes some excavation so we can really find those pieces for us. And then a willingness to start doing those things that we may have been afraid to do because we believed what someone else had said to us, kind of as in the example with my art teacher. The the pattern response of, I'm an artist, no, wait a minute, no, I'm not. Like you said, in that moment, um, you were told you're not an artist, and it kind of, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it locked in your psyche, and mm-hmm. you, shelved, you shelved that notion of self, I, I like how you tie in your the your life purpose and when you talk about the notion of being an artist for a long time I it seems like you didn't have the belief because it was squelched that you were mm-hmm. an artist. How do we like I had shared with writing a book, my beliefs kept pushing it away. When we think of our Mm -hmm. life purpose, the souls, every one of us is a soul personified. And I suggest the soul has no sense whatsoever of limitations. The soul has Mm -hmm. no sense of fear. The The soul has no sense of lack. And that if we were to truly honor the unconditional love that our soul has for us and then to 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 envision what our soul sees as a potential in our life i suggest our egos would be dumbfounded by the magnificence mm-hmm. of that vision and and when we load ourselves up with beliefs and um, attitudes and um, mm-hmm. in our youth, uh, what I like about your book is it, it's such a, a comprehensive review of our uh, imprinted demeanor, if you will. And and mm-hmm. and how we can kind of dismantle how we get in our own way. Did you have any? Um, now you shared the notion of being an artist. Did you have any um, core aspects of yourself that was part of your awakening process? Oh yeah, I mean absolutely. You know, I I think. Um, one of the important things, and and I think, as I said earlier, is that, you know, none of us come out of childhood unscathed, and that was, you know, or, or life unscathed, and that, that was true for me. I mean, I think I didn't arrive where I am right now by having any kind of perfect life by any means, 
Um, I, I was very blessed, though, Les, to have a really beautiful childhood up until the age of 13 with a really close family and just really just felt so loved and so supported and like I could do anything. I had just wonderful parents and relatives and friends. And, you know, and I was totally a daddy's girl. So I would follow my dad around everywhere. I was like his constant little shadow. If he was mowing the lawn, I wanted to be mowing the lawn. If he was taking a nap, I'd be pretending to take a nap just so I could be beside him. And, you know, I think sometimes we have to go through those dark times before we can awaken because the dark time happened when I was 13 years old and all of a sudden this, you know, quote unquote perfect childhood, but really truly a a golden childhood was absolutely shattered and irreversibly broken in a night where we heard the screeching of tires going down the driveway and my seven-year-old brother at the time I was 10 um, saw the car, um, excuse me, my brother was 10, I was 13, and we saw the car, uh, my mom pulling out of the driveway and my father jumping out of the hood of the car, beating on the window, you know, trying to get her to come out. And to find out later that my father had told my mother that night that he was in love with my best friend's mom and had been having an affair. And my whole family blew apart. And it was really traumatic. My mother, who I'm so close to right now, and I just love dearly, she's one of my very best friends, Um, you know, after 18 years of loving someone so much, she became very emotionally unstable. So I didn't stay with her and decided to live with my father, who shortly thereafter was married. And then he and my stepmother decided the relationship he had with me wasn't going to continue in the same way. So literally from that point on, I wasn't allowed to talk to my father alone. I wasn't to be allowed to be with him alone. And to this day, I'm not allowed to talk to him on the phone alone. And so what resulted from that, you know, at 16, I went and moved back in with my mother. And my father stopped talking to me for a year. And the message I took less from all of that as a young woman was I'm not lovable. Like there must be something wrong with me if my own father would reject me. And I carried that with me for quite a while until I did have, I had several spiritual awakenings and several awakenings. Thank God I had some people that at 19 years old, I was blessed enough to to go to like Leonard Orr's talk on transfiguration and Sandra Ray's talk on rebirthing and actually my mother owned a florist shop here in town and one of her employees who's a whole culturist took me to these events and that started opening me opening me up but what really kind of blew the door off was I guess gosh now it's been 19 years ago um, at a conference in San Francisco where the presenter it was a healing conference And the presenter stopped in the middle of his speech and said, hey, I'm getting a message for you, you in the the blue coat in the front row. And I looked around and I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, I'm like, who is he looking at? And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's me. And he said, I need to tell you something. And, And I'm like, yes. And then I saw his mouth move, but no words come out. And I said, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. And... 
everyone kind of laughed because I guess everyone else heard. And then he said, my dear, what I'm trying to say to you is, and then right when he said that, all of the air conditioners in the whole place came on and nobody could hear what he was saying. And so then everybody's laughing. And he said, my dear, you obviously have a huge block. I want everyone, there's about 40 of us. He's like, come up here. Everybody sat on the steps of the stage. And he says, my dear, what I'm trying to tell you is stop trying. Stop trying. And it was like he, he knew. He said, you know, you've been trying to be perfect for your father your whole life, and now you're trying to do it with your husband. Stop trying. And that impacted me so much because in that moment what I realized is I didn't have to do anything anymore to earn love. I didn't have to be something. I didn't have to, you know, it was such, so much pressure to, I thought, oh, my gosh, if I just have the right clothes and I look good enough and I act the right way and I have the right house, then I'm going to be lovable. And what I learned is that love wasn't outside of me, that I didn't have to go earn it. I could just be loved, that it was a part of who I was. It was my essential core. And that changed my life. It changed my relationship with myself and then with other people. And, you know, I'm just so blown away less now when I think about my life and the amazing relationships I have. It's such an amazing soul tribe. I've got the most amazing partner he is phenomenal, and I think about, you know, everything that's transpired with the book and the upcoming film and the radio show and being able to spread this message and connect with people at such a deep level that had to come through that healing myself and that awakening. What a powerful story. The uh, It seems that when you disconnected with your father, um, did you feel like you um, got on steroids as uh, metaphorically as far as, well, if I can just make myself more perfect, it might go all back to normal. We can get back to where we were. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for years and years, you know, um, for, you know, almost, gosh, not quite two decades, but there was a lot of time in there where I was trying to earn his love back. I, I wanted to return to when I was growing up, when I was, you know, special. I felt special. I felt important. And so I really felt like I had to earn that. And that was really through exactly that being perfect. And that's what's so awesome and I feel so blessed about right now. And when I mentioned my partner, you know, it's so awesome to be able to have someone that holds you and sees you in a space where you can show up and be just who you are. And I always say if I had a bumper sticker, it would be life is messy. (laughs) So, you know, there's times where we don't show up as our best self. And how awesome to know that I don't have to earn that love. That, That really, as you spoke about, that there's an unconditional love that actually begins to generate from inside of us that to me is our connection with spirit. It's our connection with our soul. And as we allow ourselves to really be aligned with that, we will start seeing that show up in our lives as well. Indeed, very well spoken, that unconditional love that is our essence. The, you know, the, the idea 
so often we go through our life and we have uh, wonderful years, um, perhaps a relationship, perhaps whatever, and it um, we feel so much um, joy or happiness. It's um, everything's wonderful, and then turmoil hits. Uh, twenty twenty hits, whatever hits, and we kind of do cartwheels and fall out of that. Well, I don't know grace, that that wonder, that delight, that joy, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. to fall back in. Um, to think that if we can just recreate the past in a model of the past, then we can recreate that feeling of joy. And you you know what I mean? If you could just get back Mm -hmm. with your dad, if you could just get back to pretending uh, sleeping next to him, the the joy that that Mm -hmm. felt like, to use the template of the past that gave us joy is kind of blasphemy to mm-hmm. the notion of, of consciousness. It's blasphemy to the notion of how love really wants to express. And and now um, the, the dynamics you shared of a whole new relationship with love that came out mm-hmm. of that, that tempest or turmoil if you will, how do we mm-hmm. how do we create a new vision of what we're seeking? I mean, it's so often the the ego mm-hmm. makes choices. The ego wants to know what the outcome of the choice is before it makes the choice. It wants to be assured mm-hmm. of the outcome, and yet what our heart really wants is a new dynamic, an ever-evolving mm-hmm. sense of self, so to speak. How do we how do we mm-hmm. create that that new vision, that new new dynamic, that new narrative to to reimmerse ourselves in in that joy? Yeah, you know, you, you're so right on. I, I feel so aligned with you with that. You know, we can't use the past as a template you know, of, of what's going to bring us joy or what now we have to do again to earn joy or get joy. I think one of the ways that, first of all, um, and, and this is ever expanding and ever new, but it's truly learning how to befriend ourselves. And one of the ways we do that is by showing up for ourselves and making ourselves priority in our own lives. And so what that might look like is in the morning, I'm going to make sure that every morning when I wake up, I'm in a state of gratitude. Either I'm writing my gratitude or I'm holding the space and just speaking my gratitude out loud and I'm doing half an hour of exercise and then I'm doing half an hour of meditation. And I really do believe, you know, that that sense of novelty and newness and depth is grown in the silence. So it's like we cultivate that relationship with us. We learn that when I show up for myself morning after morning, when I show up and sit in that silence, when I access the divine within me, then I'm cultivating a relationship that it's, it's like it's ever new because I'm discovering new things every day as I'm present to that. 
And then I feel myself growing. I mean, all the, the most wonderful ideas I've ever had, I, I, I call them downloads. You know, I've had them during meditation. And so I think as we start to cultivate a path forward, it's really being in the present moment. You know, I, I really do feel like our power is in the present moment. So we have to realize we do have a brain that loves predictability. It wants to know what things are going to look like, or it can get into fear around the unknowingness. And so oftentimes I am saying to my clients, reel yourself in, you know, bring yourself back to the present moment and breathe into this moment. Be here. And and we can just see the most incredible things that begin to arise within us as we start to. And it's not about not having thoughts. It's just presencing to our experience. It's bringing that sense of divine connection. And by that, I'm meaning, you know, just in whatever way you experience that into your heart, into your spirit right here and now. And knowing that whatever those answers are, whatever the next step is, it's going to be revealed to you. So is, 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 am I answering that question, Les? Oh, very much so. You know, it's... Uh... Um, I mean, if I if I just take a step back and look at your dynamic from my perspective, um, uh, decades of of a role I I don't know if that's the right word uh, psychotherapist, and then you come along and you, uh, this is just my observation. I'm this is not definitive. You write a book, you start a radio show. You make a movie, and what you're taking that inspiration and that quiet. You're taking that inspiration, and even though it's a whole new dynamic, it's a whole new narrative. You capitulate it. You you birth it. You bring it into form. And I suggest once you get the taste of that, once you um, learn to trust that when you get that inspiration, it doesn't need to be vetted by your ego. It doesn't need to be rationalized by your ego. Your heart and your soul know much more, so much more about who you are and what your potential is. Um, As you keep saying yes to that inspiration, even though it's a new dynamic, a new narrative, and I think the first few times we do it can be critical because if our ego just doesn't have the courage to take those steps, we back off into that mundane. We back off into the, I, I'm too afraid of, of risking the change, if, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I think you have it, you know, and I, I really, I love that so much. And that really has been my experience you know, when we got done filming a year ago in October uh, with, it was a beautiful event with 11 different people, myself included, all people that were New York Times bestselling authors and, you know, international presenters who came together for this really unique event where we had our own event together because the download that I got around that was instead of having presenters come and do a summit where they speak for 45 minutes and get off the stage, what would it be like if we actually all got together 
and had our own experience first where we were dining together and meditating together and having deep conversation and we made music together and danced and had beautiful meals and then took that alchemy and brought that to a live audience. So it's like how the sparks were ignited within us and then how we shared that with a live audience. So we had, you know, these 48 hours of filming and then my co-producer, um, who's a, you know, an award-winning producer, hands me 48 hours of film and says, okay, go ahead. And, you know, I had never made a film. I didn't know the first thing to do. And I have to tell you, it really, truly was divine inspired. It, it absolutely, I just would run the film and I had the transcripts and it was like, I just let it be divinely led. And what has come together is this beautiful film that truly is, it discusses, and we didn't know how absolutely right on it would be for this time that we're going through, but it, it's about the challenges that we face and how those challenges can then become the match point that ignites something within us that then become our gift to humanity and to the rest of the world. And so to see it now in final form and to have the trailer out it's so exciting, and that's why I encourage, encourage everyone and anyone that has a dream, that has that inspiration, that has that download, to allow yourself to just go for it and to open up to what is that divine spark that wants to be birthed through you, because it will happen. It will happen for you as well. I love the expression that we're all special and we're not special at all. So my ability to do that isn't special. We all have the ability to do this because this is within all of us. Right. Once you've tasted the fruit, once you've tasted the nectar of honoring those impulses and bring it into fruition, there's no going back. You just can't Mm -hmm. say no more. Well, I, your book is is such a, a delightful read in that mm-hmm. it it looks at in the crevices and crannies of our psyche where we've hidden ourselves away, and then mm-hmm. it's got so many um, gifts and nuggets that. Even though they're simple, the human persona is so powerful. It it doesn't have to be a difficult experience to transform yourself. And I think your book is a reflection of that. And it and it um, I it's got to be such a timely thing. You just mentioned that you didn't know you quote didn't know unquote that the movie would be so timely. <laughs> But part of you did know that, <laughs> and you said yes, and it's coming into fruition. So the yeah, um, take some time now and share with our audience how they can get your book and where the movie's going to be coming out and and your practice. Give us the whole perspective of of what opportunities our audience has to engage your services. You bet. So a great access point for people is at 
stephaniejames.world, which is my website. And on there, you can see the trailer of the film. That's when we'll be giving announcements as to when it will be released. We're actually just now getting ready to go into negotiations with Netflix and Amazon Prime and Gaia. So we'll be looking for where its, its home will be. And you can also on there, there's a free meditation that you can, you just put your email in and it'll be sent right to you. And it's um, a guided visualization around igniting your best life. Also on there, I'm, I just started in January. It's so much fun. I'm just loving it and loving the people in this group. We're doing a Igniting Your Best Life online group that people can join at any time. And it does go over the principles in the books. And it's just such a neat opportunity for people to talk and connect and learn and grow in a really wonderful, expanding community. And so they can either get that on the website or they can go directly to sign up for that group at www.stephaniethespark.as.me. And so those are those ways to get signed up for that. We're also going to begin a meditation group that's Thursday mornings at 8 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. So that's another offering. And then, uh, you know, join me. Also, I know that it, it's I, – I was laughing with you last ahead of time saying – this is actually, um, I'm competing with myself, my own radio show. Um, my, my podcast, though, uh, The Spark with Stephanie James, is available on all platforms or at thesparkpod.com. And so just awesome interviews with people that are the leaders in psychology, spirituality, and science. So, so many ways to hopefully help all the listeners start igniting their best life and igniting the spark within them. Well, very nice. It's obvious that the compassion you have for humanity is expressing itself through the passion you have for service. So I want to applaud what you've mm. done and, and the resources that you have been and created to help humanity really reconnect with a deeper sense of itself, reconnect with a deeper sense of our potential. It's such a powerful, powerful time of change. So what does what does the future hold for you? What's coming down the pike for you? Yeah, so it, it looks right now like it's a lot of collaboration. Uh, I have been co-authoring a book with Misa Hopkins that will be released sometime, hopefully, uh, within the next year here. And uh, I am just beginning to outline my second, my own book, um, titled The Sparks of Serendipity. And so just looking at collaborating, doing workshops. This summer we're going to be doing a wonderful retreat for couples, whether you're uh, 
it's, it could be a friendship couple. It could be your romantic couple. Uh, my partner, uh, Morgan Oaks, and I, and Solomon and Gabriella Masala are going to be putting something together in August. So hopefully by then, you know, we'll, we won't have to do it virtually. It'll be a live retreat. And just being open to just the collaborative processes, whether it's more film, whether it's continuing to put on events. I, I'm loving my transformational life coaching and working with people in that way. So that's, that's kind of what's coming through right now and, and probably doing a lot of um, – new projects with uh, my partner as he moves here actually next week from Seattle. So we're going to be in the same space and be able to really put our creative minds and energies together to hopefully create some beautiful offerings for people. Wow. Well, how nice. Well, an hour can go by pretty fast. I want to thank you for being our guest tonight, Stephanie. I very much have enjoyed this conversation. Thank you, Les. I have, too. Just honored to be here with you. Such a pleasure. We've been talking with Stephanie James, and again, the topic tonight is the title of her book, The Spark, Igniting Your Best Life. It's... uh, it's a never-ending story. The, the continuity of your consciousness is assured. You're a, you're a timeless soul with really infinite potential. And what I like about tonight's conversation and many that we've had on the show is unraveling um, your potential, engaging your, your life purpose. It's, it's a curious thing that the more you trust your soul, the more you move into alignment with your soul, that there's a deep sense of peace that comes with that. Your soul doesn't ever have anxiety or fear or stress. That's all a function of the ego. And the more you learn to trust the the more fulfilling your life can feel. Um, Part of my passion is bringing episodes like this to you to help you uh, discover and understand uh, more of your truth, more of your potential, so you can show up for your life purpose in a more powerful way. We're at... (laughs) I'm really getting the sense that um, there's going to be a lot of change on this planet. I know after 2020, the notion of a lot of change makes people go, ugh. But it's the transformation of a planet, and your soul knew this was going to happen during this lifetime. And here you are now. When When you get clarity about your life purpose, and you show up for that life purpose, and you fulfill that life purpose, the deep sense of satisfaction, the deep sense of fulfillment is like nothing else. I suggest you can go to newhumanliving.com and look at the platform. We're here to help you. I don't want to tell you what to think or believe. Our tagline is pure 
authentic you. Purity is is what makes you able to embody your soul. Authenticity allows you to fulfill your life without fatigue. And you, you, you are the vehicle of everything that you desire, of joy, of love, of happiness, pure, authentic you. You showed up for yourself tonight. You listened to this episode. I want to thank you for showing up for yourself. I'm your host, Les Jensen. As always, such a pleasure. Until next time. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast. To bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's latest book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.